Hello and welcome to the first postseason Brickhouse podcast. I'm Bob Johnson. I'm Matt Baker. That it really brings a tear to my eye, Bob. We've come. We've this is a we've officially gone an entire season of podcasting preseason. Now we're entering our very first postseason. Although technically, I guess we were sort of semi post preseason last year. Well, our preseason started in August, so <laughs> that's true. We had to we had to knock out 30, 30 teams, so we had to start early. Yeah, man, there. I was really happy. I got to witness such an epic battle on Sunday night. I n- never thought watching Winterfell. The fight for Winterfell was going to be so epic and oh, tough. Oh man, tell me about I, <laughs> tell me about it. Every moment of that thing, I remember every moment. My favorite part was uh, I'm sure a guy died in some gruesome uh-huh. way. I liked that. Oh, I liked when that happened. Lots of them. And there was probably a bunch of confused children running. I did actually. <laughs> I just remembered this um, yesterday. I was talking to a girl at work. She didn't work there. She was just hanging out. And I dumped, I had a water bottle, but it was kind of warm. So I had a cup of ice and I was looking at the water bottle or I was looking at the water. And I, as I was dumping the water in, I said to her, looks like you and I are about to become best friends. And she said the way I was dumping the water in the line I said, reminded her of, uh, the, the character, uh, Tyrion. Yeah. The imp. Yeah. He, she said it was very Tyrion of me. He's always pouring mostly wine, but I, yeah. I see the connection. And I said, yeah, I, I get that show. I know that show. <laughs> Did okay. she ask you to tell you a joke, tell her a joke? Oh, man, I wish. Well, on our last episode, not only was the season not over, but I made the announcement that the Brickhouse podcast website had launched. Um, actually, when we were recording that podcast, I was not sure if it was going to launch uh, you know, that day or yeah. the next day. But fortunately, it did. And so now we're going to tell people at the beginning of the podcast, go and check that out. It's, it is getting rave reviews, rave reviews. Oh yeah. Really? I've gotten, I've, uh, I've gotten people, many, a few people, many few people, <laughs> a, a, a number of people, one, one person, an amount of people. <laughs> My mother loves yeah. <laughs> they, uh, yeah, they've said it's great and it is a, it is a great looking website. If I if I do say so myself, well, I can't take credit for it. That's uh, Dave Yurchuk. Oh yeah, he did a Day Creative Group. He did a Yeoman's Work. What's the web address? What's the address on that? The Brickhousepodcast dot com. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not only we have all the pods up there, but we're also starting to do a blog. Uh, Matt Baker's brother Adam contributed a uh, a funny blog comparing finals characters, finals players to Disney's characters. Yeah which uh, I enjoyed up there for your enjoyment as well. Matt, Game 7 of the NBA Finals had 30.8 million viewers, which is the most for any NBA game in ABC Network history. And it's also the most for any game since Game 6 of the 98 Finals. If you recall, Game 6. The uh, The push-off game. The Jordan push-off game. In fact, Ben Cafardo on Twitter said that at Game 7, the peak viewers at 10.30 p.m. Eastern time was 44.5 million oh, I viewers. Bet. It deserved it. it after In Game 6, I, I remember texting someone. I might have texted you this. Is it possible for a final series to be both great and terrible at the same time? Because it, yeah. it was 
compelling TV, even though the games were not close. Well, yeah, you know, there. I, th- I thought the same way. The games were not close. However, before that last shot by Kyrie Irving, yeah. which ended up being the, the game-deciding shot, yeah. this final or the total score of the finals was 699 to 699. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. How, that's, that's why it was both great and terrible because it was very even but in a – wonky way yeah just trading haymakers until that last 60 seconds um right before we went on i told you that i felt the Cavs are going to win after the first quarter when the Cavs were winning even though the warriors had made five threes right. and usually and they just couldn't pull away what draymond played fantastic for the first half and usually when things like that happen that's when the warriors really pull away and don't turn back but the Cavs were just sticking in there blow for blow because Kevin Kevin Love took him two years and a whole playoff run until game seven to figure out his role he didn't he was actually going for rebounds he wasn't trying to I don't know he he just realized what they needed and that's it's too bad they're gonna trade him 90 seconds after he figured out his role yeah (laughs) well I mean hey sure but that role, they got him a championship. It was it was the perfect that Cavs team game. Yeah, in game seven. Yeah, I guess Maverick Carter told Jalen Rose after game five, and Kyrie and LeBron combined to score eighty two points. He's like, "That's it. They let the genie out of the bottle oh, yeah. and get in the championship ring." This yeah. Year. Uh, some other quick quick facts you may or may not have heard: the Warriors now lost as many games in the playoffs as they did the entire regular season. That's insane. Yeah, nine games. Uh, LeBron has now played in 37 playoff series, the same number as Michael Jordan. Uh, LeBron is now 29 and eight in those playoff series. Jordan went 30 and seven. Wow! Only one more win. Uh, also, comparing him to Jordan, LeBron now has as many rings as Jordan did when he was the same age. Yeah, 31. And LeBron's historic finals—he was the first player ever to lead all players, both teams, in points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. Unanimous MVP. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to do a segment uh, about the finals called Gone in 60 Seconds to highlight what changed. the Because a lot of fates of a lot of different players and obviously the two franchises changed uh, when it was a tie game before Kyrie Irving hit that shot to, to put the Cavs up by three. So let's go through a few things that were gone in 60 Seconds. Unfortunately, not Scottie Pippen's ability to make headlines <laughs> stay relevant immediately after the loss. He's just like, yep, 96 Bulls, still the yeah. greatest team ever. I told you so. Stay relevant, Scotty. Uh, gone in 60 seconds, Joe Lacob's bravado. Oh. If you remember, he told the New York Times that the Warriors were light years ahead of all the other teams in the NBA. Light years. Uh, that he was one of the ten greatest blackjack players in the world. Yeah. Uh, apparently, those comments really rubbed a lot of other NBA owners the wrong way. You don't say. Maybe Lacob or Lacob will take up a little more humility this year. Well, he always has blackjack, huh? One thing that was gone in 60 seconds, Matt, you, you'll like this. I thought it was hilarious. Pornhub clicks in Cleveland. A gentleman from Pornhub emailed uh, the traffic at the site dropped 47% at the end of last night's historic Game 7. Wow. <laughs> so everyone was tuning <laughs> they in. Were, they were jacking off to something else. 
uh, Teron Liu. Man, he was really in a lot of tears there at the end. And don't blame him. He, you know, it was like his 55th game or something like that. Yeah. As a head coach, he's already an NBA champion. I think he's the youngest coach, maybe, to win a, a finals. But I felt like if they lost that game, if that 60 seconds went differently, we could be talking about who the next coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers is. Teron sure. Liu might have lost his job by now or would, by the end of the week. <laughs> yeah, could, could be talking about where Kyrie's going to get traded and where Love's going to get traded. and Exactly. Well, yeah. I still think there's probably about a 60% chance that Kevin Love gets traded. But right. We never know. He did finish Game 7, though, Kevin Love, with a game high for anybody in plus-minus. Yeah. It was plus 19 with him on the floor. Yeah. Another thing that was gone in 60 seconds, Under Armour's momentum. Since the controversial Steph Curry 2 lows have come out, yeah. the Warriors are 0-3. Cursed. <laughs> Old man shoes curse. Uh, one thing that was gone in 60 seconds and still gone, J.R. Smith's shirt. Has anyone found <laughs> that thing? He lost it in a club in Las Vegas, or he took it off in a club in Las Vegas. Still the next day when they arrived on the private plane to Cleveland, still was shirtless. Apparently he's waiting a few days before uh, you know switching over to Tehran Lou's natural high. You know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, he has that now. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, he looked like he had a few uh, few cocktails. Congratulations, though. Congratulations, Jr. I don't know if you recall Matt, but it was either earlier this season or earlier last season. LeBron James, in typical LeBron James fashion, told the media that he has a secret motivation to win the championship, but yeah. he's not going to tell anybody what it is. Did he? Did we get the big reveal? He revealed it. Oh wow. Sunday, he told a story, quote, to quote LeBron, when I decided to leave Miami, I'm not going to name any names. I can't do that. But there were some people that I trusted and built relationships with in those four years who told me I was making the biggest mistake of my career. Pat Riley. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Before the quote's even over. Yeah. It's, it's, everyone's guess is Pat okay. Riley. <laughs> LeBron said, yeah, that shit hurt me. I know it was an emotional time. They told me that because I was leaving. They just told me it was the biggest mistake I was making in my career. And that right there was my secret motivation. You know, Bob, that reminds me of an episode of Game of Thrones. Where, <laughs> oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, that seems like motivation enough. I don't know, I don't know if that has to be a secret. You could have just came right out and told us. But, you know, whatever. It worked. Well, I could see why he wanted to, you know, not reveal this until they actually won the championship. Yeah. You know, he didn't want to say that and then go another 10 years and never win a championship in Cleveland. Maybe prove uh, Pat Riley or whoever it was, right? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, the, the quote from Pat Riley after LeBron James left uh, two years ago was that he was happy to move on with a franchise that was free of, quote, smiling faces with hidden agendas. Uh, another fun story that, I, uh, that emerged since this Cavs win was about Gordon Hayward in uh, the summer of, what was it 2014 when LeBron came back? Yeah. Gordon Hayward was a restricted free agent, and the Cavs were flying him to Cleveland to get him to sign a $63 million four-year offer sheet. This is right before LeBron. Oh, okay. So LeBron or uh, Hayward and his agent are literally getting on the plane. Rich Paul 
called the Cavs and told them LeBron James is call- coming home. Yeah. You know, they the Cavs immediately got on the phone with Gordon Hayward's agent and just canceled the flight. Whoa. The whole thing altogether. Wow. Probably worked out best for, for everybody involved. You wonder now, now I wonder if, uh, Utah would have matched that. I have so many questions. Oh yeah. He seems like Utah's golden boy. <laughs> Why do you say that, Bob? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Read the uh, NBA mock draft game to find out more on why Gordon, Gordon Hayward is Utah's golden boy. Well, that's a perfect uh, segue to take it over to the NBA draft prospect categories. I'm calling this segment, Let the Hype Consume You. Um, we're nothing gonna, we're nothing gonna I like down. more than the hype. Yeah, we're going to break down uh, some of the some of the best players in the draft, and you know, give you some some fun stories about them, and a little bit of background: who we think is going to be a potential superstar, role player, who uh, who's a high risk, high reward player, etc. But before that, Ooh. I wanted to uh, make sure our listeners know that LeBron James Jr., yeah. who is 11 years old, reportedly already has scholarship offers from Duke and Kentucky. I- would imagine I, I would imagine for sure Kentucky, but yeah, <laughs> that's what I put in my notes that Calipari probably delivered this invitation to the hospital delivery room uh, yeah. eleven years ago. Eleven? Wow, that seemed that I wouldn't have guessed that he would have been that old, but I guess it makes sense. Oh, also, I want to draw people's attention to a new Foot Locker commercial that just came out, mm-hmm. starring Ben Simmons, Carl Anthony Towns. Phoenix's own Devin Booker, Booker baby. and D'Angelo Russell. Did you see this commercial? Uh, I I didn't see it. I I saw a tweet involved Snapchat and D'Angelo <laughs> Russell. Well, it's Ben Simmons walking into a room. Carl Anthony Towns is hanging out on the couch, and they're just like, "Hey, so now that I'm in the NBA, what should I do?" And I don't remember what Carl is like. Uh, you know, practice, eat well, whatever he says. And then he turns to uh, D'Angelo Russell. He's like, "What about you, D'Angelo? You got any other advice?" He's like. Hey, you got a phone? And he's like, yeah. He's like, let me see it. Hands him the phone, and he throws it in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. He's like, trust me. Trust me. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. I'm glad D'Angelo owns it. Yeah. That's, yeah. Got to. Right. So let's get into the potential superstars here, Matt. I'm, I'm oh. counting on you. You watch a lot more college basketball. Sources said today that the 76ers have promised Simmons the first pick in the draft. Brett Brown coached in Australia. He knows him really well. Yeah. They're they're considering playing the 6'10 Simmons at point guard is sure. another thing that yeah. I hear. They, LSU did that a little bit, I think. Right? I remember one of my favorite stories from uh, the book of basketball was talking about how Coach Knight, Bobby Knight, was a uh, coach of the 84 Olympic team. Yeah. And he was good friends with the head general manager of the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah. Who had the number two pick in the draft. And Bob Knight called up the guy and he said, hey, man, Michael Jordan on this team is amazing. You have to draft him. Yeah. And this guy tells Coach Knight, he's like, yeah, but we kind of need a center. To which Bob Knight replies, well, play him at fucking center then. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that story. That's so good. The Sixers have pretty much nothing but 6'10 guys on their team. So play him at point guard. Exactly. I was talked into some Jamal Murray hype by friend of the show, Aaron. Okay. Because he he was trying to talk me into a Jamal Murray 
Devin Booker backcourt. Obviously, Jamal Murray, <laughs> Kentucky guard. But if Jamal Murray, he was talking me into the Jamal Murray, Devin Booker becoming uh, Curry and Thompson type shooting backcourt. And I was, I was talked into that. If you can shoot like Murray or, or healed even, mm-hmm. that's one way to, uh, that's obviously a quick way to, to some sort of stardom. You know, I, I like Jalen Brown's athleticism. Mm-hmm. I like the, and that's even why Marquise Chris, like it, I'm kind of intrigued because as we were talking about before the podcast, Chris didn't have the best numbers at Washington and he wasn't a top 50 recruit, but he had a right. steep, like a ascent. And there's, and there's something to be said about hype. I'm sure hype has lifted his name in the draft too. Yeah. I was telling you, it reminds me of Noah Vonley right. a couple of years ago, you know, who was okay year yeah. at Indiana. And then all of a sudden he's being discussed as like the third or fourth pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as previously projected to be in the teens or twenties, if right. he even came out, which no one agreed he was really ready to. Yeah. Uh, Chris is one of the three youngest players in the draft, though. Oh, isn't yeah? He's very young. Yeah, yeah. I think the only guys that are younger are Dragon Bender and uh, Ingram. Right. Well, another player who is who's moving up the draft board, who is now getting rumblings of being a potential superstar, is Providence senior point guard Chris Dunn. Oh yeah. And he was just on Adrian Wojnarowski's podcast earlier today. You know, I was looking for a bunch of interesting stories about these, you know, various players who are projected to be in the lottery. Chris Dunn's definitely takes the cake. So when he is nine years old, his mom, who has problems off and on with the law, mm-hmm. goes to jail for two months, uh, at which point him and his older brother are left alone at their apartment. How old is he, son? He's nine. Okay. He's nine years old. Uh, at which point they start hustling basketball courts to earn money. Like he, even when he was with his mom, he, yeah. he missed pretty much the entire year of fourth grade. Didn't go to school. He's not going to school again here at nine years old. And they're hustling money when they would lose games and lose money. They like, wouldn't know what they would do, like how they were going to eat. Then they would hustle other games when they actually didn't have any money. Oh, to pay if they lost. So they're doing the old gambling trick of you have to pay you have to pay fifty dollars so you bet another fifty even though you don't have it. Yeah, just they're doing win. like the gambling addict trick. Right. Just like yeah. yeah, you pay with by breaking your legs or something. Right. Uh yeah, so this goes on for two months. Then his dad shows up. His dad he's never met in his life before shows up at the apartment door. They drive down from Connecticut. He drives down from Connecticut with his best friend. And I guess Chris Dunn's dad is like 6'3 and built like a bodybuilder. And his friend is built the same way. Huge guys. And so they start pounding on the door at this apartment. And Chris Dunn never met his dad, doesn't know who these people are. Probably thinks like these are some guys that we beat or that beat us come to collect on, on their basketball winnings. He gets a bottle, Chris Dunn, nine years old still, gets a bottle of hot sauce and hides behind the door ready to, like, attack these hot guys. Hot sauce him in the eyes? <laughs> Probably, like, break the bottle over his head. Yeah. You know, oh, as, as okay, his plan. that too. And, you know, he, which he takes a swipe at his own father. The guy grabs him, tells him, like, I'm your father in a, you know, Darth Vader sort of <laughs> way. And the, the brother comes running into the room, says, like, yeah, that is our dad. 
he takes him back to live with him in Connecticut, uh, raises him. You know, the first day of school, back in school, Dunn skipped out. He left. He sure. just wasn't used to being in school. Right. And his dad came, you know, they called the, the principal called, and his dad came down to the, the school and basically set him straight by saying, hey, if you want to play sports, you've got to do well in school. And he's graduated from college. That's awesome. Going on to be potential star in the NBA. That's great. He really wants to go to a team that doesn't have an established point guard, Bob. Yeah, I saw that he's picking and choosing which team he, teams he actually works out with. You know, and I'm not – I'm actually for that. I'm I'm totally fine with players that do that. Yeah. Why not? You, you, if, you're, if you're that high <laughs> – It saved Moutier from going to the Kings last year. Yeah, and it, but also with these guys – like, you know, if you're Chris Dunn, you know you're going to get drafted. Yeah. So you know that obviously you don't want to be a jerk and you don't want to rub everyone the wrong way, but you know you have some leeway and, well, I'm going to be drafted, so I might as well yeah, kind of help myself. Jalen Brown, uh, before the season started, was the third highest ranked uh, high school player behind mm-hmm. Simmons and um, LaBCA. Le- BCA. LaBCA, yeah. Uh, uh, something interesting that he is doing is he is not hiring an agent. Okay. Uh, but instead using the NBA Players Association to help him negotiate his contract. He's still going to hire an agent for uh, endorsement deals and so on. Right. Uh, but this move is pretty unconventional. Back in May, Chad Ford reported a source, a GM in the league, saying that he was the worst interview of the day. That he came across as extremely arrogant, didn't seem to really have a, much of a mind for basketball. But then another GM from that same day compared him to Stanley Johnson from oh. the year before, who raised a lot of eyebrows when he proclaimed that he was the best player in the draft. Yeah, and he, you know, turned out to have a pretty good season in Detroit his first year. I felt pretty good about this Jalen Brown not hiring an agent. I mean, if he has picked. Number three overall, say, uh, over that first four years of his contract, he'll save $300,000 or about $300,000 in agent fees. Yeah, so he doesn't have to give any to the Players Association. Uh, I don't think so. Okay. I mean, probably just his normal dues and stuff. Sure. Um, if he's drafted as low as number eight, he's still saving about one hundred and fifty k. Um, although, if he falls lower than that because he's given terrible interviews, doesn't have good yeah. advice... I, I've, I felt I, good about it until I heard about who is advising Jalen Brown. Wait, okay, wait. Let me <laughs> see if I can take a second and guess. Uh, Former player. I don't know. I w- now general manager of the New York Liberty. Isaiah Thomas? Isaiah Thomas. Oh, my gosh. Isaiah is a great player, you know, and yeah. he, he seems to have a good uh, leadership mentality as a point guard sure. at, at least for those pistons teams but i don't know about making the best decisions any truth to the rumor that uh isaiah told jalen brown to invest a bunch of his money in this in the cba the continental yeah. basketball association <laughs> any any truth to that rumor bob you know if it doesn't work out for you at the nba you could always be the one-man show like the stefan marbury of the cba yeah so the another category of players are the high-risk, high-reward guys, who I say also have the highest potential to be future Brickhouse All-Stars. Hear me out on this. Uh, we've got uh, 
Dragon Bender, of course. Right? He's high risk, high reward. I feel bad for the guy following Chris Stapps or Zangus. Yeah. You know, if he had just had a, a moderately successful rookie year, it would be the first Euro lottery pick in a while. But now he's just going to be compared to Chris Stapps. Well, I would say he's he's probably going to go a few spots higher than maybe he would have because of Chris Stapps. Maybe so. Uh, another guy, high risk, high reward, is that center or power Henry forward. Ellison? Henry Ellison, I put him on there. Okay, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to jump here. Well, I was going to say uh, Lab Labiziere. Yeah. However the hell you pronounce that guy's name. He's from Haiti. Uh, he, had a, he had an interesting story that he survived the Haiti Oh, yeah, great story. I think we also sat in the stands and watched him live record zero points. Oh, yeah. Wasn't it something when First they UCLA. lost to UCLA? He he was not around much. Right. Well, that was right at the beginning of the year when he was still being talked about as the potential number yeah. one pick in the draft. Right. And so when the Haiti earthquake happened, him and his dad are, like, digging through the rubble to find his brothers and his mother. Yeah. And w- apparently what he told his dad was, you promised me I would reach the NBA. <laughs> Whoa. Pretty intense. I guess that promise was... That promise was fulfilled. Uh, Marquise Chris, we already talked about. Probably some of the biggest high-risk, high-reward up there with uh, Labrisier. And also Diamond Stone. Are you familiar with Diamond oh, Stone from yeah, Maryland? Yeah, Maryland. He was the number sixth-ranked player coming out of high school, mm-hmm. but didn't, didn't have as good of first year in college as people were expecting. I read his weaknesses via NBA Draft Net. His attitude is at best immature, is the quote. Can often be caught drifting or sleepwalking through numerous possessions. Developed a bad reputation for his practice habits early in his college career. Too often his motor runs hot and cold. If the offense isn't running through him, do not expect him to give great effort or make too much of an impact. Yeah. And the Sacramento Kings select. Yeah. (laughs) It sounds exactly exactly like (laughs) something they would do. Two of the other guys I had on this list are the Kansas player, the Diallo player. Yeah. He missed his first five games due to an investigation about his eligibility. Yeah. And what happened was he's from Mali. He moved to the U.S. when he was 15 years old to follow his dream of playing pro ball. And he moved with a guy who was accused by the NCAA of being his agent. Right. And in actuality, the paperwork shows that he's... His guardian. His guardian. Yeah. Yeah. But he barely played at Kansas, fell out of the rotation by the tournament, didn't even play at all in the last three tournaments. Yeah. Games, but yeah. probably going to be uh, in the first 20 picks. I know. It's so weird how these things work. And then Henry Ellenson, right? You said he was on that list? Yeah. What, I don't know a lot about that guy. I don't either. I watched, I did watch one, a game, a few of his games. Uh, he, on NBADraft.net, his NBA comparison. Uh-huh. Is Brian Scalabrini slash Brian Cardinal? God, <laughs> uh, Mitch McGarry, uh, Nick I'm, Collison. Yeah, I'm trying to Kevin get Kevin Love. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I hopefully friend of the show Aaron will write a blog post at some point about his favorite NBA Draft.net comps because he loves those. He's always <laughs> sending them to me. Hopefully, you can get him to do that. I think probably the top of the list for high risk, high reward, Thon Maker. Oh yeah. This guy, I think we told you about on an earlier Brickhouse pod, 
skirted the system. This is the 10 year anniversary of the one and done rule being installed. Mm, crazy. In the NBA. And he is coming straight out of prep school, none, high school. None and done. Yeah. He, he moved his eligibility. So he was going to last March start, you know, picking his schools. And then they decided, no, we'll just bring him back to Orangeville prep in Canada for another year. Yeah. And then at the end of that year, they're like, actually, that was a postgraduate year. He's ready for the NBA. JK postgrad year. (laughs) He also said in an interview that his choice, if he went to college would have been Arizona state. So that was heartbreaking. Oh, that's a shame. Uh, A fun story about that is the day, literally the day Thon maker said declared for the NBA draft Arizona State fired Brian Merritt, their assistant coach, who was the connection with Thon Maker. Oh, wow. He, they he had developed a, a relationship with Thon. So, so he was transparent. there. <laughs> yeah, they didn't even wait a day to let him go. It was wow. crazy. Well, we told you about Chris Dunn's um, troubled childhood. Thon Maker left the South Sudan to escape the Civil War. <laughs> Is there a Civil War there, Bob? I, I'm, I wasn't sure about there was. that. At least there was when he was there. Yeah, there, there's some good stories. There's some great stories of people coming over from other countries, escaping war-torn, earthquake-riddled countries. Like Joel Embiid to come to the land of Shirley Temples? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the land of broken feet and Shirley Temples. <laughs> Yeah, I went through, I, I, I did extensive research on 14 days of Suns pre-draft workouts. Oh, man. Can't wait. So we're going to go. They worked out four Kentucky players, Bob. <laughs> Scal, Alex Poitras, Poitras, sorry, Tyler Ulis, who uh, I would love to see him go to Golden State at the end of the first round. Oh, okay. Just because I think he'd be fun. Yeah. And Jamal Murray. You're asking. I know God, they're obsessed with Kentucky I know. players. I know what you're asking, Bob. Uh, <laughs> next is how many brothers? Yeah, did brothers, they uh, did they work out? So obviously, a lot of these players probably are brothers to yeah. other humans, right? Uh, basketball basketball brothers. brothers, right? They did work out. Uh, Brickhouse, uh, Brickhouse favorite Juan Hernan Hernan Gomez. Nice, nice. Which would be great. <laughs> Now, that's all it really I could find. I found they did work out one son, Gary Payton III. Uh-huh. And they also worked out a player named Ron Curry from James Madison. Now, I don't know Ron Curry, and I'm not sure they do either. I'm just think maybe they, they think maybe he is a Curry. <laughs> the lost brother Curry. Yeah, so I think that's really what they were hoping. Uh, oh, the sons worked out two shacks. That illustrates where we are in wow. history is we're getting all the shacks and and a denzel yeah yeah <laughs> well you know that in the nfl draft there was a shack lawson there's been a few shacks so now we're uh-huh. getting to where shack is a name of kids that are right. going to the league they did not work out chris dunn buddy healed obviously ingram and simmons they didn't work out and they also didn't work out deontay davis from michigan state hmm. so if you're looking and who they might pick what do they have? Four and what's the Four number? and 13. Four and 13. Those are some good picks. They worked out Clemson forward Jerron Blossom game. What? Which, you know, uh, in the 90s, how there was like uh, Rookie of the Year, Juana Man, all these weird 
players just show up with random names and they seem to be good. Uh-huh. It seems like a drawn blossom game might be the name of like the alter ego of, uh, of someone who want, wants to like develop on at their own pace, they don't want their name to, uh-huh. <laughs> you know. So I just thought Drawn Blossom Game sounded like a fun <laughs> fake name. Uh, good news. You should pick me. I'll buy Gable Blossom. Yeah, exactly. I promise you. Good news for Sabonis fans. He, the Suns were one of only four teams Sabonis worked out for. Hmm. So I think Sabonis kind of realizes where he where he will fall. So he kind of pick and choose a few of those. So Matt. I'm not asking like who you think <laughs> the Suns are going to draft, right. but if you were the general manager of the Suns, and you know, this, we'll just set aside all the hypothetical trades mm-hmm. for this exercise. But who would you pick for you know building towards the future with this team that you have now? Bender seems kind of like the name that's always been there. Uh-huh. So I would take Bender. They could use like him and Len. Kind of came on last season, so if they between him and Len, that could be good. So if they take Bender at pick four, man, who do we think would be available at pick 13? They Deontay Davis seems like he would be there, but they didn't work him out. So maybe they have no interest oh, in the that. Michigan State guy, yeah. Yeah. This team just has so many guards that I would automatically think they would be looking big man. You would think so. Yeah, but... I was telling our buddy uh, Julian that... I might have to put the Suns down as picking Jamal Murray, and that it would be just ridiculous, I think, for them to draft Murray over Dunn. Yeah, Dunn seems like a much better all-around. Well, Dunn prospect. doesn't want. To, Dunn already stated he doesn't want to go there. Yeah. You know? uh, well, the way the NBA draft works, they don't actually ask your opinion, though. You no. <laughs> okay. But he's Julian said I have no idea that that was even on the table. Don't, aren't they spending like a hundred fifty million dollars on Eric Bledsoe and Brandon Knight? Plus they have Devin Booker. Yeah, uh, and they have Archie Goodwin, and they're all from Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why I'm so confused because they shouldn't be picking guard. But if like Murray from Washington is there, Dejounte Murray. Oh and, yeah or even like Baldwin, it all kind of depends on if they're going to, they could very well trade night on draft day. I can't believe they worked out for Kentucky guys. Hey, you know, you, you just got to bring them to their natural <laughs> environment. Scal, he would, he would be, he would be interesting. I don't know. Murray, just draft two Kentucky guys and let's get it <laughs> over with. Yo mama is so fat. For the diss of the week this week, I was I was looking for a, uh, a consistent source of diss of the week, so I thought I would turn to Matt Barnes' oh, Instagram. Yeah. Sure, uh, it's not necessarily a post from this week, but it's the off season. We're going to be breaking a lot of rules. Yeah, luckily, <laughs> luckily, I think his diss of the weeks have no time limit. They know, yeah, they can be applied to. This is a pretty timeless statement. Still relevant with the finals. So here's the diss of the week, Matt. Bring it on. According to Matt Barnes, the top two shooters of all time. Number one, Steph Curry. Number two, the police. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. God, yeah. It's, just keep going back to that well and it never runs dry. No. Well, that is uh, that concludes the NBA draft preview. 
You know, we have a NBA draft game that uh, we've invented and put all the rules up on the blog portion of the Brickhouse Podcast, BrickhousePodcast.com. Right. Uh, the name of the article is the NBA draft game. If you want to participate with Matt Baker and I in this game, you can send us your picks through the contact page on the website or email us, Bob, at BrickhousePod.com, BrickhousePodcast.com. Or Matt at BrickHousePodcast.com. Mm-hmm. If you win, I'm going to give this this uh, as the uh, the prize since we haven't set up a PayPal for official like gambling. But if you win... Oh, not gambling, Bob. Watch it there. Hey, watch it's it. Like, hey, hey. It's like the daily fantasy loophole gambling. Uh, <laughs> if you win, since we can't gamble actual money, you will have our respect and we will read a message from oh, you. Man. So much respect. On an episode of the Brickhouse podcast. On the next episode of Brickhouse. So next week, the draft's going to be over and we'll, we'll take a day or two to figure out who actually has who because I expect an enormous amount of trades yeah. on draft day. But after that is when the free agent bonanza really begins. Oh, man. And this is going to be the craziest free agent bonanza in uh, NBA history as far as money is concerned. Oh, yeah, I forgot. If, if you were upset at contracts guys were getting already, prepare to be even yeah. more upset. Yeah. If Eric Dampier was a free agent this season, and this was 10 <laughs> years ago, would Eric Dampier get $30 million? Per season? Yeah. Probably. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I was trying to think of like what some equivalencies would be in popular culture with the size and magnitude of NBA contracts going to be handed out this summer versus historically, right? Yeah. I thought it would be like if the lady with the Chewbacca mask, Chewbacca mask lady you yeah. know, that went viral. Right. If after that they're like, you know what? We should just give that lady the same contract as J.J. Abrams. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's. <laughs> I think it's the movie equivalent of action movies before the first Michael Bay movie. Yeah. And then he just ratcheted up the action so yeah. much to just a disgusting level of action. You know, as I was trying to think of funny comparisons for this, I was thinking Hollywood actually has been doing this sort of formula with young independent directors. They're like, oh, you made Safety Night Guaranteed for $700,000? How about Jurassic World <laughs> yeah, that's for a, your second movie? That's a good you know? Or Chronicle? Why yeah. don't you try Fantastic Four? Yeah. Well, we're going to tell you all about that. We're going to break down how the draft went and get you ready for the free agent July 1st bell. I don't want to be a downer, but our next podcast also might be post- uh, season finale of Game of Thrones too. So, oh my gosh, Matt, the stakes are so high. Oh, this the <laughs> stakes are high. Well, until then, we'll talk to you on the next episode of Brick House. Send in your draft game picks. Mm-hmm.